Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to AOA. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. We always appreciate it. Hope you're having a good holiday season. Coming up on our program today, we're going to talk with Steve Meyer with Partners for Production Agriculture. We're going to take a look at the uh, the pork industry and where we're at and with this latest variant of Omicron. Could that impact packing plants again like uh, we've seen COVID do in the last year or so? We'll talk about that with Steve Meyer, and we're going to talk ag issues, kind of a review of 2021, a look ahead to 2022 with the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall, will be joining us on today's program. We're happy to start things off with someone who's been a regular here on AOA and someone I always look forward to talking with because, as I've said before, he makes me think and I learn something when I talk with him. More than just uh, straight markets, we look at big picture and things going on behind the scenes that impact the markets. Talking with Chief Commodities Economist for StoneX, Arlen Suderman. Arlen, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas, Mike, and to all of our listeners. It's a great season and a season of hope. And uh, we need a little of that hope around the world today. We sure do. And I know you're going to continue to be a part of uh, AOA, and uh, I look forward to hearing you uh, moving forward. But I just want to say thank you for your willingness to be on with us and and, uh, discussing these important topics. Well, let's get right to it. Here at the end of the year, a lot of things happening with uh, another uh, COVID variant and uh, questions about uh, what's going to happen with the economy and still inflationary concerns and things like that. What do you see the markets focusing on here at the end of this year and as we move into the new year? Well, there's two issues they're primarily focused on, and and that would be inflation and Omicron, um, but it's doing so in the context of holiday trade, end-of-the-year positioning. Some of, them, some of these funds have some big profits, uh, as we've seen some of these commodities and even some of the equities have some major gains this year. They want to be able to show those profits on their books at the end of the year, so a little bit of position squaring, uh, unusual volume, maybe thinner volume this time of year uh, with the holidays. A lot of fund managers want to take a little time off this year since they haven't been able to for a couple years and spend some time with family, so a little bit bit of erratic trade movement. I think we're seeing that in the markets this week already ahead of the holidays. Uh, and I expect that we're going to continue to see that. And then after we get the first of the year, then it's the uh, rebalancing of the of the portfolios. That'll get, create some more erratic trade. So we really don't get back into normal trading until mid-January. But that being said, the two primary drivers are inflation, which the ag commodities are very attractive right now. Uh, to the funds looking for a hedge against inflation and Omicron variant. What's it going to do? Is it going to shut us down? Is it not going to shut us down? Is it going to affect demand of of consumption changes? Uh, And right now it looks like it's just moving through the population very, very fast without really threatening to shut us down. Now, these things can change rapidly, but right now it's looking more optimistic than what we saw with the Delta variant or some of the other variants because of the more mild tendency to its symptoms, therefore the lack of a desire to shut down, therefore we can keep the economy going. And so there is some hope from that standpoint. More and more focus on dry weather developing in South America. That could be a big story. You know, it it is. And it's one of those things, is the glass half full or half empty? If we were in a deflationary time period, the funds would be saying, but look at all of the, well, I should first say the dryness is in southern Brazil and Argentina, and even in Argentina, uh, they've had timely rain. So if we were in a deflationary time period, the, the markets would be saying, look at how high the yields are going to be in Mato Grosso where it's been raining. That'll offset the dryness in southern Brazil. Look at the crop ratings in Argentina. We're looking at 87% of the soybeans rated good to excellent, 86% of the corn rated good to excellent. 
But since we're in the inflationary time, they're looking for a story. They say, look how dry it is, how much the yields are going to be hurt in southern Brazil. And, yeah, we know the crops look good in Argentina right now, but look at the forecast. The forecast is really dry. Um, and so it's what do you want to focus on? And I'll agree that those weather concerns are, are legitimate in South America, um, but we're still looking at pretty good production right now. And that could change, and the market's trading the possibility of change, and it is a futures market. But if we were in a deflationary time, they would look at the same fundamentals differently. And that's why I argue inflation does help us in this situation from the standpoint that it causes the fund managers to look at things from a more bullish standpoint rather than a standpoint of skepticism. And that's helping out prices right now. Not good for end users, but certainly producers like it. And I always watch, see what China does, because they kind of give us an indication of how they feel it's going. So will their buying patterns tell us what they think of, of the South American crop? Uh, they will. I had a conference call last night with some of my industry contacts in China, and I came away a little bit more encouraged. Um, these are industry people who are buyers of commodities, and uh, so they're watching everything very closely. They had a more optimistic view than did I on how much corn they're going to purchase this year. They had a more optimistic view that uh, China will open the door next month for U.S. DDGs. We've heard this before, and it hasn't happened, but they're still holding out optimism that there are going to be purchases of 2 to 3 million metric tons of DDGs in a year ahead. Um, so there was more optimism there as their hog herd is they're stabilizing and stuff. So that's, that's a little bit more encouraging if, in fact, it happens. Biofuels, how do you see when we look to 2022? We've seen aggressive uh, buying by ethanol plants here towards the end of 2021. Will that continue in 22, you think? And what about this uh, push we keep talking about for feedstocks for renewable diesel? Ethanol demand, I think, will be solid. I'm more encouraged by that than what I was, particularly with the opportunity to use it for feedstock for the new uh, sustainable aviation fuels. We're going to slowly see these processing plants open up using the edible oil, so that demand is slowly going to ramp up. And, uh, and down a year or two down the road, we're going to see more positive from it. It's really going to get some momentum. That's going to take some time, but it's moving in the right direction. Very good. I just want to thank you again for being a big part of this show and a big part of its success. Always appreciate your willingness to come on and share your information. Thank you so much, Arlen, and very best to you. Mike, you're one of the good guys uh, in the industry. You set the bar high. I really value and appreciate you. It's an honor to me to have been on your program over these years, and I wish you well. I congratulate you, and uh, I think you set a high standard that a lot of people can strive for, and you should be proud of that. Good luck and, and best wishes in your retirement. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for Stone X. Up next, we're going to talk with Steve Meyer with Partners for Production Agriculture, especially looking at the pork sector um, and what about uh, what's behind, what's the real reason behind higher meat prices for consumers. We'll talk about that and his outlook, all that coming up next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day -day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack will start off with the recent biofuels news and the RVO announcements, and you have defended the announcement by EPA. Why? Let's talk about the number of waivers that were denied. And this wasn't just a handful of waivers that were denied. 
This was over 60 waivers. And the reality is uh, this is an administration that wants a true and accurate renewable fuel standard, one that reflects uh, when they say a certain volume level, they don't undercut it by granting waivers extensively. So I think it sent a strong message that the waiver process of the Trump administration was not going to be followed. 2020 was a pretty interesting year from a pandemic perspective and a, a transportation perspective. And so this is a number, uh, taking a look at the numbers that for those two years, is a reflection of what happened out there in the countryside because of the pandemic. Uh, and certainly understandable, we had to make adjustments in a lot of different places. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. As 2021 draws to a close, we look forward to 2022. Everyone at Growmark and their many FS member companies wish you and your family a happy holiday season and a prosperous new year. COVID-19 has continued to be a major challenge for everyone this year, along with some weather frustrations, but for farmers, much higher grain prices. This year, FS has supported farmers in many ways and will continue to do so in 2022. Happy New Year from FS. FS bringing you what's next. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans, and if left untreated, can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Joined now by Steve Meyer with Partners for Production Agriculture. Steve, how are you? Merry Christmas to you. I'm fine, Mike. Thank you very much, and Merry Christmas to you. Uh, You know, I thought of you recently when I heard uh, the White House blame uh, meat conglomerates, I think of what they call it, uh, for the reason that uh, consumers are paying higher prices for meat in the grocery store. And while I'm not here to defend uh, the packing industry, I would just, my first thought was that was kind of an oversimplification and wanting to deflect uh, any blame for uh, policies by the administration on other things that have caused part of the uh, the uptick in prices, whether it be fuel prices or or labor issues or whatever it may be. Uh, to me, it seems like there's a lot of factors in here. What are your thoughts, first of all, what the White House says is the reason for higher meat prices, and uh, what, what are the reasons that you focus on? Well, imagine a politician trying to blame somebody else, Mike. I mean, who'd have ever thought that could happen? Um, yeah, uh, th- this is completely placed in the wrong place. Now, I'm with you. There are some practices going on here on buying animals and that kind of thing that uh, I think need to change as far as pricing goes. But um, but uh, I don't think that uh, the reason we have higher meat prices is because of meat conglomerates, as the, uh, the administration points out. Uh, I think the reason we have higher meat prices is we're still in the backside of adjustments to um, – to uh, some drought conditions on the beef side. We're still in some adjustments to coronavirus uh, disruptions on the pork side. Uh, We had a severe situation with animal disease last winter with PERS-144. Supplies have not been great. I mean, we had plenty of product out there. And the other thing is, I mean, we just have to look at this and say, wait a minute, consumers are paying... uh, you know, willingly paying high prices for the supply that's being placed in front of them. I don't think we're restricting supplies, and and you know, th- you know, there's this idea that that uh, packers 
farmers or anybody in agriculture gets to name their price. Well, they don't get to name their price. It's always subject to the demand curve. And if you're going to try to manipulate prices higher, you have to restrict supply. I don't see that, uh, that in the pork industry we've had any supply restrictions. And I think it boils down to very strong meat demand from consumers. Uh, they surprised us all last year when we shut down the restaurants and we all, and I included, thought, wow, this is going to be tough on demand. And we forgot that people still had to eat, and they went to grocery stores and bought these products at prices that uh, were, were excellent for the system. Uh, again, you know, people say, well, those prices are too high at the retail. Well, you know, there isn't a dollar that gets in a, in a, a cattle feeder's pocket or a hog producer's pocket that doesn't first go through a grocery store or a restaurant. And so um, if we can get those numbers up, I think that the derived demand nature that we face at the wholesale and then at the farm level helps us. So I think there are a lot of factors in here other than that. And, and the other point is, well, you know, this concentration has got too big. The concentration hadn't got any worse over the last five or six years. And, in fact, in the pork industry, concentration has got smaller because of the interest of producers and producer-owned packing plants. And, actually, our concentration situation is a little better than it was 10 years ago. So I, I think that's an oversimplification for political purposes, and uh, I think they need to do a little more economics work. We're now dealing with the Omicron variant. Uh, do you see it potentially impacting uh, our packing plants like we've seen over the course of this pandemic when it first hit and uh, the problems we had there, or is this different? Well, that's probably a question for a doctor of a different sort, Mike, um, uh, or somebody that knows something about uh, you know uh, these kind of things as far as infectious rates, but. From everything I see of this now, number one is this doesn't seem to cause as, as a severe kind of sickness as we had before, and it doesn't last very long. And there's a number of things out there that I would suggest uh, I'm not – and we have a whole lot of vaccinated people now that are uh, protected to some degree from this. So I can't see the severity of it being as bad, nearly as bad as what we ran into the first time from what I know at the present time. And, of course – you know, we had a naive population. We had a very serious disease that affected especially uh, those that are a little bit older. And uh, so I, I, from what I'm reading now, I'm not expecting any kind of disruptions like we saw um, in 2020. What levels are we running at now at our packing plants? Well, we're running about as fast as we can. We have you know, last week was as if it weren't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all kind of situation. We had about five mechanical problems that uh, limited throughput. And so we've been running about the, in the low two sixes on most weeks. Uh, we've actually kind of bumped above my rated 5.4 day capacity on a few weeks. Um, we can do that with some pretty good Saturday runs. And so um, that's been about as I expected as we've gone through the fall with these slower chain speeds. Uh, we still have some real challenges on adding value, especially to hams. Uh, we see wild swings in the ham market because one day there's a lot of bone-in hams available that drives the primal value down, and then finally they get enough product together to make a pretty good boneless sale, and that drives the primal value way back up. Uh, so the, the labor disruptions are still there. They're mainly on the value-adding side. Uh, we're, we haven't heard anything about the applications for waivers yet. Uh, on the on the change speed, we hope to hear something soon on those. Now we're going to be through the worst of this fall hog uh, supplies here in just a few weeks, so they're not going to really help us for this year. But they would if, they, if we get these waivers and these plants can increase their their chain speeds again, it would put us in pretty good shape for the fourth quarter of 2022. We're we're talking with Dr. Steve Meyer, economist for Partners for Production Agriculture. Steve, uh, what is your um, your Hog market outlook, your price outlook for uh, 2022. What do you see ahead for producers? Well, we think price is going to be very good. And in fact, <clears throat> now I don't have cash prices in the summer as high as where the futures are right now. And we've been advising clients to be taking some price protection all the way out through the summer. Uh, the most cost-effective way to do that is with the government's LRP, livestock risk protection programs. It's basically buying a put uh, option. And it's subsidized by the government. It's less expensive than doing put options otherwise. The LGM prod program is very good as well. That's a margin 
program where you lock in a margin of hog price over the cost of corn and soybean meal. That, again, is subsidized by the federal government. We think that's good. It's limited. It's more limited on how many you can do. Pardon me, it's unlimited. The LRP is limited. Uh, but we think you ought to be looking at those, and a lot of our clients have. But we've, we've, been, we've been putting in uh, strategies really for the first half to three-quarters of 2022 that would put a floor under prices and leave some opportunity to participate if those prices went higher. Uh, using call options or something like that, and we think that's a pretty prudent thing to do at these kind of price levels. Your cost situation has continued to climb, and that surprised us. Well, we didn't think that was the case. It was going to be the case. Uh, we Corn has gone higher than what we thought it would, and bean meal has rebounded uh, farther than what we thought it was going to in, a, in, a, in an environment that's do- dominated by oil value on that side. So um, you probably... Uh, at these levels, uh, we think we have to wait and see what the South American crops do because they could push them back down on the cost side. So I wouldn't get too aggressive given the run-up we've seen on those. But hogs, we think, are priced uh, quite well for the first three quarters of the year. Uh, and, you know, uh, the next year, uh, the fourth quarter, we'll get more data tomorrow when we get the hogs and pigs report to, to uh, lend us a little hand on that one. Well, Steve, I just want to say thank you. You and I have been uh, having these conversations for a long, long time. I I don't even remember the first time, way back in National Pork Producers days, right? So it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. I I really appreciate you always taking the time to talk with me and explaining, and especially these last couple of years during the pandemic, I think you've explained uh, a lot of the situation with packing plants uh, very, very well for our listeners. Just want to thank you and uh, wish you the very best and a very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Well, and same to you, Mike. Uh, it's been a pleasure to, to work with you and to uh, support your efforts over these years. And I look forward to continuing that with, uh, with Mike uh, as we go forward and, um, you know, I, I wish you the best and a Merry Christmas to all of you as well. All right. You take care, sir. Thank you very much. Dr. Steve Meyer, economist for Partners for Production Agriculture. Well, up next, we're going to talk things over with the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. Zippy Duvall will join us. We'll talk about uh, some of the key events of 2021 and what he sees ahead for 2022. Uh, Farm Bureau, one of the ag groups that did not come out in support of uh, the Build Back Better plan. We'll get his reaction to it uh, not passing this year and his thoughts on what might happen with that coming up in 2022. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for Around the Table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. When it comes to a healthy bottom line for your farming operation, nothing helps like healthy soil. Producers who use soil health management systems report lower input costs while maintaining or even improving their yields. Plus, those systems help with drought protection and soil and water conservation. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out more and unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by the NRCS and this radio station. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Weather activity is primarily limited to the northwest again today. Rain and mountain snowfall is forecast across the northwest today. The rest of the country has mostly clear forecast in for the next few days. Today, wheat prices are attempting to establish new uptrends. Traders are worried about increased threats of Russia invading Ukraine and disrupting exports from that region. 
On the Board of Trade this morning, March corn trading four and a half cent higher at 602 and three quarters. The May contract up a nickel at 604 and a fraction. For soybeans, the January contract trading 19 and three quarters of a cent higher at 1327 and three quarters. March up 21 and a fraction at 1334. For wheat, Chicago wheat March up five and a half cent at 804 and a half cent. Kansas City wheat March up two and a fraction at 843 and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat March down four and three quarters at 10 20 and three quarters. The May contract down four and three quarters at 1011 and a fraction of a cent. In cash cattle country, renewed bids of $135 have been offered in parts of the Southern Plains Wednesday morning. With the week having traded cattle in both the North and the South, it is most likely trade will keep up with this week's trends. There could be some cleanup trade that developed on Wednesday, but today's trade isn't expected to be large in its volume as feedlots want more money and will hold out for cattle if they can until after the new year. For live cattle on the Board of Trade, the February contract down a dime at 136.82. April down five at 141.30. Feeder cattle, January down 32 cents at 160.52. March down 85 at 160.95. For lean hogs, the February contract trading 62 cents higher at 83.05. April up 65 at 86.22. This is a holiday shortened week. Markets are closed on Friday. I'm Kirsten Rall, and you're listening to AOA. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... (laughs) Hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And we are joined now by the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall. Zippy, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Mike. I'm proud to be with you today. Appreciate you taking the time this busy holiday season. Uh, Build Back Better uh, did not pass in, in this year. It We'll see what happens next year. You were one of the farm groups. Yours came out and said you had concerns with it. You weren't supporting it. Uh, why and uh, how do you feel about it not passing this year so far? Well, we feel uh, we're real proud that it hasn't been pa- passed this year, and we know this that the battle will continue because the negotiations are still on. But really and truly, it's just the direction it takes uh, takes our country in, the, the excessive spending, uh, and also the, the taxes it's going to take to pay for this bill. It will affect not just farmers and ranchers, but small business owners all across America. And there's a tremendous amount of those small business owners out there that support agriculture. And... Uh, and 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 we need those families uh business to thrive too so that they can be there to service you know i i hear people different people from different sectors look at parts of that bill and say oh i like that part so it, it ought to pass we wish it would pass uh, i think your approach was look at the overall bill and the overall impact it has on the economy in general and then how that trickles down and, and, and that's why you were concerned about it. that's exactly right we're real concerned about uh uh, what it would do to the economy and how it would uh, um, make inflation go up further. And, and you know, we're already experiencing a, a lot of difficulties in that area and also the uh, supply chain. So we're, we're just concerned that overall what that bill would do to our country and the direction it takes us. 
Zippy, we know 2021 has been an interesting year, plenty of challenges, but uh, some positives for agriculture as well. When we look at the year overall, even even with the pandemic, uh, uh, now you get ready to go into 2022. Many of your your state uh, farm bureaus around the country have wrapped up uh, their annual meetings here in the last few weeks. You get ready for your big uh, convention in January. Um, what do you see as uh, the the top issues that you're hearing from Farm Bureau members around the country? Well, there's two really that stick out just because it's so uh, urgent uh, matter to it. And that that one is what it costs us for our inputs. I mean, we're thrilled about commodity prices being at a higher level, but the cost of our inputs and, and even worse than that, the availability of those inputs. Uh, and I know a lot of people don't like the word input, but we, as farmers, we know that's what we have to uh, buy to put on the land to grow the crop and take care of the animals. And uh, and and the availability, uh, the future of the uh, availability of it is just scary when you look at it. So that's that's one. The other is continued uh, concerns around the beef market and the uh, difference between box meat price and what cow calf operator out here getting and how do we solve that problem uh and keep our feeders healthy keep our cow calves healthy feed, uh, cow calf guys healthy and keep our packers healthy how do we solve that problem be fair to all levels of the beef industry we're talking with zippy duvall president of the american farm bureau federation these will be topics you'll you and uh, your delegates will be talking about uh, at your annual convention next month and i would think because here we go again uh, right at Top of that list will be waters of the U.S. as we go through another process of writing yet another rule, it looks like. Yes, yes. And, you know, we've gotten uh, uh, Administrator Regan to realize the difficulty it causes farmland when we do have this ping pong reaction to different administrations and we really need to find a rule we can all settle on and depend on. But, you know, we, we still hold true on the fact that we shouldn't have to hire lawyers and consultants to help us farm our land. We ought to be able to have a clear rules so we provide clean water and rules that are simple enough for us all to sit down and real, uh, realize what is, what is the U.S., what isn't, and, and make sure that they're reasonable uh, so that we can protect the water and not prevent our farmers from farming their land because they spent their life putting their heart and soul into uh, creating these farms and keeping them healthy and we shouldn't be able to uh, take that right away from them to farm the land. Yeah, we're back to having uncertainty all over again on this. And uh, and it's hard to believe it's that time again, but it start, seems to start earlier all the time. The farm bill process uh, for writing the next farm bill, that's starting to get underway. That's exactly right. And we're going to lean on our members to help identify the difficulties or the problems that's in the current farm bill, just like we did the last farm bill, we got our study group cranked up. They've met a couple times, and we want to make sure that we uh, make this next farm bill even better than last. Of course, we all know that the cornerstone is our crop protection or risk management tools. We want to make sure that they stay healthy and that, and that uh, all of agriculture can utilize that. And, you know, I think in this next farm bill, uh, conservation programs or climate smart of climate smart conservation practices are going to be big and i think that's going to be an area where uh, congress is going to be willing to help uh, fund a lot of these projects as farmers been sitting around waiting to volunteer to do like the, the long list of equip proposals or or applications that have never been funded zippy what do you think and what are you hearing about the the potential of these carbon markets and are you finding farmers are optimistic about the, this opportunity or skeptical? I think they I think they want to be optimistic. There's just too many question marks now as to how do you measure it? You know, what criteria of the company that I'm going to uh, uh, use as a broker? You know, how, how does all this come together and bring fairness uh, to everyone in the market? And, and I think the work with the uh, Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance uh, putting out recommendations uh, under certain principles that are really guided under our policy. Uh, uh, it has given us the opportunity to get some pilot programs uh, in USDA uh, we, uh, to bring, uh, make them kind of like a, a, a certification level so that farmers can have some trust in the market. 
uh, and also uh, through the Growing Climate Solutions Act that was passed with the uh, uh, with, in the Senate with one of the biggest bipartisan votes that we've seen in any bill this year uh, helps us create that uh, certification and also helps put farmers uh, on a committee to help guide those uh, projects to make sure that the, they understand how uh, it treats a farmer and what helps us all do what is the final goal and that's to protect our environment and our, and our lands and farms. Yeah. Questions and concerns have been raised about this administration's uh, trade priorities and what their policies are going to be. Do, do you have some concerns there? We do. We, our biggest concern is uh, uh, n not much activity. You know, we had uh, um, uh, 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 Ms. Ty to come out and make a speech in October, and we said, yeah, finally we're going to have some attention to to uh, trade and, and maybe start talking about uh, making sure that China fulfills their commitments under phase one and, and what would a phase two look like? Because, you know, if you look at our commodity prices, what's happened in China has affected uh, positively on our commodity prices big time, and we want to know what's next. And also, we want to go back and consider joining the TPP again and under the the, the, the standings that, 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 that it is now so that we can get in that Pacific Rim and be able to, to sell to those uh, that growing part of the world. So there is so many opportunities there through the, through the United Kingdom and the European Union and the PP, uh, CPPP, and we look forward to having those discussions, and we are anxious for those discussions to become uh, very active again because we haven't heard much. Yeah, we really haven't. And are you concerned that these other countries are going to keep forming these trade agreements and we're going to be left out? We continue to get left out in the world market, and it's time for us to take our leading place there and make sure that we're involved in all those uh, those agreements. And, uh, you know, uh, the USMCA is a great uh, treaty, uh, but we want to make sure that the rules, which are the new rules that are going to play the, uh, be the model for new trade treaties, uh, that these rules get enforced because right now Mexico is breaking those rules and so is Canada, and we want this administration to enforce those rules. So that'll be a big uh, issue to watch in 2022. Maybe we'll start getting some answers, but they sure have been slow in coming. Well, Zeppi, I just want to thank you for your time and uh, not only today, but uh, for the last several years. Always appreciate you being willing to come on and talk issues and uh, really appreciate all, all that you do for uh, America's farmers. And thank you so much for being with us. Well, Mike, I've, I've got uh, several years in helping our farmers and ranchers, but it can't even hold a candle to the 48 years that you've given to serving us and uh, in, in helping us get the word out to get, keep farmers engaged and making a difference in Washington. No one else that I know, Mike, has done the job that you have done for so long and done it so well. We're just so proud that you've been part of our family, and we, we hope you have a wonderful retirement. But I'm telling you, we're going to miss uh, Adams on agriculture. We're going to miss having you there every day. So uh, good luck to you. I don't believe in luck, so many blessings to you. And we just hope you have a Merry Christmas and a wonderful retirement. Thank you, Zippy. Really appreciate that. And Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Thank you. Take care. God bless you, Mike. Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. Uh, tomorrow's show is going to be a lot of reflecting and looking back uh, on my career and uh, a lot of thank yous that I'll be passing along. So a lot of that coming up tomorrow. Um, coming up next, though, uh, we've kind of had a series throughout the year, some different tips on uh keeping your equipment running smoothly and as efficiently as possible. Uh, some things to keep in mind year round. We're going to have some of those tips coming up for you next and we'll wrap things up. So stay with us. Uh, again, so much appreciate you joining us each day right here on AOA. Stay with us. We have more to come. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. 
to be a beacon of strength, a champion of courage, an advocate for hope. You are not alone because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, and the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We, we win. win. We, we, we are, are the, the Foundation, Foundation Fighting, fighting blindness. blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. For more than 135 years, the editors of Progressive Farmer have provided generations of farmers and ranchers with the information they need and trust to make informed and profitable decisions. We know you need that content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast called Field Posts. Join me, Sarah Mock, each week as I interview agriculture's top thought leaders, as well as farming's most diverse team of editors at the Progressive Farmer and DTN on a wide range of subject matter. From farm policy and crop production to finances, technology, and so much more, you'll have a front row seat to learn and engage in what's happening in agriculture today. You can find the podcast listed on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by visiting our website at dtnpf.com backslash field posts. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. I guess the latest is we have some members of Congress getting into this and asking for some funding for these locks and dams. Well, the good news is when with the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was signed into law by the president on November 15th, that's going to provide a sizable amount of money for a variety of projects, including locks and dams. But there's nowhere is it guaranteed that that funding for locks and dams will go to some of these specific projects that have been lingering for years, particularly on the upper Mississippi River. The good news is, again, we've got the funding, but now the, the next step is to make sure it gets allocated to some specific projects. And that's what a bipartisan group of senators, 11 total, 41 members of the House of Representatives, are very happy to see this bipartisan, bicameral expression of support for these specific projects. It's all part of this broader effort to improve the upper Mississippi. River and Illinois River system. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. 
on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, it's certainly well known that premium diesel offers many equipment benefits during wintertime. We've talked a lot about that. But does that mean it's okay to rely on a typical number two fuel the rest of the year? We're going to talk about that today. You know, if spring, summer, and fall have milder conditions, you might think it'd be safe to rely then on a milder fuel during those months. So as you prepare your operations for the seasons ahead, now is the time to consider using premium diesel year-round. We're going to talk about that today with Akhtar Hussein, Director of Refined Fuels Marketing for CHS. Akhtar, thank you for joining us. Should premium diesel fuel only be used in the winter or should it be used year-round? Well, the benefits of premium diesel fuel really would work the, you know, work the best if it was used all year round. And there's some, there's some real common sense rationale behind that. Um, I think it is a pretty commonly held assumption that, that winter is the season that's the harshest on, on equipment and that um, really the premium diesel fuel or the benefits of premium diesel fuel are, are only found in the winter. But really, um, when you think about it, Temperature fluctuations throughout the day um, and, and throughout all the seasons can really put fuel to the test. Um, and it can create instability in that fuel. It can start to break down. You can have microbial growth, especially when you talk about the condensation that occurs when things move hot to cold. Um, so, so that water can enter the system, uh, the fuel system, and you know all of those things can create equipment problems when you when you go to rely on that equipment and you need it to work. So then it makes sense that using a premium fuel year round would have benefits year round. And there are, even though we focus on the, the conditions in wintertime and needing for protection, there are conditions in those other months of the year that you need protection from as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I hit on one of those uh, earlier, which is just your common temperature fluctuation. So when fuel moves from hot to cold or vice versa uh, in the tank, that creates condensation. And uh, that condensation then introduces water into the fuel. Um, when that water gets in the fuel, that's really when we, you can start to see some fuel degradation. Um, it certainly allows for, for more bacterial growth to occur. Uh, that can result in sludge in the tank, and uh, if that stuff gets into your equipment, uh, obviously that can uh, that can cause problems. Um, so we have a you know Senex Premium Diesel Fuel specifically uh, has all those things in it, all the ingredients in it that really make it a stable fuel year round. Um, we have fuel stabilizer right in in the additive package. Uh, along with injection stabilizer, keeping your fuel injector nozzles clean. Um, you know, one of the things that we really like to preach to our end users is this idea of being proactive versus reactive. And if we're waiting for the equipment to exhibit some signs of malfunctioning, either a plugged filter or clogged uh, fuel injector, then you have to be reactive and address the problem after something has occurred. Uh, using a premium diesel fuel year round is really the best way to ensure that your equipment is going to be ready when you need it. Um, and that's why we feel being proactive and, and using Senex premium diesel fuel all year round is really the best route to take. Yeah, we focus on winter and rightfully so. But if you think about summertime, a lot of equipment runs less during the summer and you have machines sitting idle. That can cause its own set of problems. Absolutely right. Uh, and your fuel and your lubricants are just going to sit in that machine uh, when it's not used. And that is when we see sometimes that, you know, the clogging of those injectors can occur. Uh, again, we get water uh, that can get introduced in there. And, and you know, thankfully our premium diesel fuel has a water management system that forces that water to the bottom of the tank so that it's easily removed. Um, and so again, just kind of start to finish. I mean, really the additive package we have put together here for Senex Premium Diesel Fuel, again, is is just, it's one of those things you can do to make sure that your equipment is ready when you need it. And, you know, that's one thing that we understand in agriculture is you got a short window uh, to, to get things, you know, to get things right in the field. And if the equipment's down when you need it, that really is problematic. So I guess kind of wrapping up what we're saying here is think about uh, looking at it your your fuel uh, plan 
on a year round basis and not just focus on part of the year. That's right. I think again, it's this idea of proactive maintenance and, and always be treating that equipment um, with the best fuel. And again, that is going to ensure that uh, when that equipment needs to be relied upon, it's going to be ready to go. And that's whether it's in cold weather, warm weather, um, you know, dirty conditions, uh, all of those, uh, those environments where this equipment needs to perform, uh, regardless of, of temperature, uh, premium diesel has you covered. So talk to your local Synex dealer about a good fuel plan for the year. That's absolutely right. Um, so yeah, local Synex distributor can really um, not only uh, provide the fuel to you, but can help you with winter blending, um, equipment maintenance, some of those other some of those other things where having a fuel expert is really beneficial. That's Akhtar Hussein, Director of Refined Fuels Marketing for CHS. Akhtar, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. All right. With that, we'll wrap it up for today. Just want to kind of set this the stage for the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow will be my uh, final live show before going into retirement and going to do some uh, reminiscing. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, probably the topic that I have focused the most on over my career, and that would be biofuels and in particular ethanol. We're going to talk with Jeff Cooper, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. Uh, but we're also going to take some time to look back at how my career got started. I, I never intended to be a farm broadcaster. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And uh, these doors started opening to me and uh, uh, wonderful opportunities came along. We'll talk some about that and talk about how this show got started and uh, where it's going to go in, in the future. So all that is coming up tomorrow. And we'll have a special program on Friday, Christmas Eve, a, a pre-recorded show I've put together kind of a tradition where I talk with author Ace Collins about the stories behind some of our favorite Christmas songs. Been doing that with Ace for a number of years. That'll be the, the Christmas Eve show. So I hope you'll be with us tomorrow. It'll be a, a special day and uh, look forward to having you be part of it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Want to reduce your risk of developing cancer? A healthy diet can help. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Toby Smithson. It's been proven that a healthy lifestyle and early detection can prevent nearly half of all cancer deaths. So eat right. Choose a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables every meal. Look for foods low in calories, fat, and sodium. And maintain a healthy weight. A registered dietitian nutritionist can help. Find one at eatright.org. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whatever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look. Listen. Live. For more info, go to oli.org.